Hey, my name is Eric, and you're listening to Viral Positivity, a podcast providing community-sourced updates, advice, and encouragement. My name is Manny. Uh, right now, I'm currently in Los Angeles. Um, I'm at my parents' house, man. I'm actually traveling. I just uh, I got locked in from this whole coronavirus thing. I went down to Mexico. Um, I got to backtrack a little bit to like why the fuck I was in Mexico. Yeah, I ended up kind of touching base with this girl again back in Australia. So I went to go marry her and start a family, and then that fucking shit didn't work out. That didn't work out at all. So uh, I went kind of crazy. I ended up uh, opening a restaurant out there, got burned by those owners. And then I was kind of like bummed out. So I called uh, a friend of mine. I uh, said, hey, you want to come meet me in uh, Cancun? Let's just fucking hang out, man. I'm, you know, I'm sick of all this drama. And then uh, the COVID, the coronavirus thing just kind of blew up and we we're kind of trapped down there. We just kind of got like the... Um, just the trickle down of all the news, you know, and everybody was saying different stuff. And I started seeing all my friends start to self-isolate. They canceled all my flights. So I flew to Mexico City. Then I went to Tijuana, kind of the city I, I hung around as a kid a bunch in Tecate. I kind of just hung out there and it was like a zombie apocalypse. There was nobody anywhere, man. Yesterday morning, they said that uh, they were closing the border. So before they did anything, I just hopped over the border. My parents picked me up at the border and brought me back to LA, man. And it's fucking, it's a, it's a ghost town. We're doing the whole isolation thing where it's like, it's fucked, man. I have to go back to Florida to work and I have a plane ticket already bought. I'm going to try to get on a plane and just spaceman ninja suit up, go down to Florida and see if there's any boats that even yeah need anything at all. See if I can get some money. My plan is now to go work on boats for like a year, get a down payment and buy a little ranch on the border of Mexico and just have a couple of motorcycles. So I've been cooking since like forever, man. Like just started working as a, just a line cook in shitty pizza places. Then I moved to San Francisco and I started working in like, I guess, nicer pizza places. I started being a waiter because I made more money and I, you know, would do Coke and stuff. So it'd be expensive. And San Francisco was really expensive. I climbed the ranks and I was like learning about cooking, moved to Europe. I did some training, some actual classical training in Germany. I lived there for about five years and I opened like a little business there. Then moved to Montreal and learned like French haute cuisine. You know, I just got to travel a bunch and went to some other countries and shit. And then uh, came back to the States, ended up in Portland to meet a girl. And then I ended up staying out there. I tried some other stuff that wasn't cooking, but by then I'd been doing it for so fucking long, man. I was like, that's all I knew, you know, like my whole thing was just cooking, you know, running kitchens. And so I decided to take a break from it to see what else I could do, you know. I opened a recording studio and I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, man. Just like I was getting by okay. And then I was like, you know what? This sucks, man. Like fucking people are, you know, I like recording my music and making my projects. So then I was like, man, I'm in so much debt and like, I'm not fucking happy. One of my buddies that I met in Australia, this French guy, he ended up uh, getting a job working on on cruise ships and uh, private boats. And he's like, hey, man, like you're a pretty good chef, dude. You could probably go and uh, you know do the same thing. And there's killer money in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, man, if you just get any experience, you know, you'll see if you like it or not. You know, if you like it, you can... Uh, you know, uh, move on to yachts. And I was like, what? Yachts, like millionaires? He's like, dude, I just cut like a hundred thousand this year. I was like, shut up. It's like, yeah, man. Like, I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm in debt. You know, I, I want to get out. So, uh, so I signed up for this company called Uncruise and it's like a small, uh, cruise ship company. I did like a Skype interview and all this shit. They flew me out to Seattle to uh, do the training courses there. And we slept on the boat and shit. You know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I brought like chef jackets and like my knives. I knew, you know, what to do in a kitchen, but I don't know how to live with other people that I work with. It was pretty weird because I, I was still sober, 
And like, it was, everybody wanted to, uh, during our training, we were allowed to go off the boat and have a few drinks. But um, since I wasn't drinking, you know, like it was pretty awkward to like be around all these new people that I knew I had to live with and get along with. And they were all getting really drunk, you know. We did Alaska, Glacier Bay National Forest, like kind of just big glaciers in Alaska, Southeast Alaska. It was real pretty. And then uh, we did uh, the Columbia River Gorge. That was really cool, too. It looked really nice. Learned a lot about the history over there. Did like whitewater rafting. The training of some of these guys was not what I thought. I expected it to be like super high class, super fine dining, like Michelin training. But these guys were just like like cafeteria workers, you know? And like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I wasn't expecting that, you know? So I was like, dude, like, I need off this boat. I need to go to another boat that's like a little classier, like food-wise, you know? Like, I need to have a challenge. I feel like I'm taking steps back. I kept telling people, I was like, I'm only doing this until I, you know, get enough experience that I'm going to go to yachts, to like mega yachts. And they're like, no, you're not, man. Like, no, you're just some, some random ghetto Mexican guy. I was like, secretly, I'm not. So eventually I got off that boat. And I made enough money to pay off all my debts. And then I bought all the licenses to um, get on a yacht. Like there's this thing called STCW. You have to become a firefighter, first responder, paramedic, and Coast Guard certified. It's like $4,000, maybe five. So I paid for that. I went to Florida, one of my old buddies from San Francisco. I I called him up. I was like, yo, man, I'm like thinking about going down there. Uh, You know anything about yachts? He's like, dude, everything over here is all about yachts. My sister works for yachts. She could probably help you out. You could stay down here, you know, forever. We're old buddies, you know, like stay down. I was like, oh, cool. So I go down to Florida and I was like applying everywhere. I'd go to all these docks and marinas all around Fort Lauderdale. I was looking for about three months for work, you know, and then um, finally I, I got a, a job, not with uh, a yachting company, but I was just, I ran out of money. I applied for work at this little cafe in this like high rise building just for like office workers. He's like, dude, you're way overqualified for this, for a little cafe. And I was like, man, if it's hamburgers or filet mignon, like, I don't care. Like cooking is cooking and I need money right now. I just need to get by until I get a job on a boat. As soon as I get on a boat, I'm, I'm going to be out of here. It could be two weeks. It could be three months. And he's just like, all right. And he worked on yachts before. So one day he uh, got a call from a captain. He's like, hey, man, I really need a chef, like really bad right away. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, dude, I just opened a cafe right now. I I can't really leave. I'm kind of tied up with this. And it's like, it's too short notice. But I have this badass chef that's been making specials all the time. He's he's helping me out right now in my cafe. He's fully certified. He just finished certification. He's like, give me his number. About an hour later, the captain calls me. He's like, how soon can you be in, in St. Thomas? And I was like, where the fuck is St. Thomas, you know? And I was like, I, I don't know. It's, it's Tuesday. He's like, can you be here Thursday? I was like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, all right, plane tickets booked and signed. And I was like, what? So he just hung up. And I was like, all right. So I get off on like a pretty small plane in this like really small airport. It's all like tropical and Caribbean. I walked onto the boat and I was like, what is this? What I realized is like a yacht is basically a mobile home. But it's like the nicest mobile home that floats. All the walls are super thin. Um, There's like five floors, which is really weird. Where all the crew stays is pretty much a master bedroom divided into five smaller bedrooms with bathrooms. So it's like tiny. But it was still like, it was super luxurious. Everything smelled great. It was pretty fancy for a mobile home. And then like where the guests stayed, it looked like a spaceship. It looked like where the, the captain, Jean-Luc Picard, would stay on the Enterprise, you know? I was like, man, I, I do not belong here. Then I walked into the kitchen and I was like, man, this is going to be easy as hell. You know, I just pretty much did everything that I did on the last cruise ship 
but on like one tenth of the scale. I just started making like just the food that I know, you know, and I'd go to fish markets every morning and like, you know, wherever we were, I'd go at like five in the morning and they'd dump out like all these fish I've never seen. It just looked like the freaking reef exploded, you know? We're doing the Caribbean. We did a whole season in the Caribbean and then we did a whole summer in Italy and in all, Italy all the way to Spain. Uh, we were in Ibiza and Ibiza is like a, it's like Studio 54, like in New York. Yeah, drugs and sex workers and like just just like debauchery, but just terrible music. It was just like Studio 54, but like now with like even worse music than disco. So usually the, the owner, they rent out the boat to other rich people, even though they're rich, they're not dumb, you know, they're not just burning money, you know. So they let other people use it. So they run it as like a hotel on the water, you know. The owner, he brought his whole family on board. And it's up to the girls that work on the boat with us, the stewardesses, to unpack their bags because they're rich assholes. They unpack their bags. And one of the girls tells the captain, hey, there's a big bag. It looks like sugar in one of their bags. And the captain's like, what? Because like, even though it is all yachts and stuff, any drugs or contraband found on the boat, the captain's responsible. So they had about, I don't know, about a pound of Coke on the boat. Like a big old like brick of coke already chopped up and good to go. And then later that night they got wasted and somebody pissed off the captain. The captain's like, you guys are all high on coke, blah, blah. And then like the owner was like, how dare you accuse my family of using drugs? And he's like, all right, let's call the Coast Guard. He's like, um, well, actually what had happened is my cousin had brought, he's like, dude, you're dumb, man. So he's like, throw all the drugs over the side of the boat. Dude, when I saw him throw the drugs over the side of the boat, it looked like they were making pizzas and cake at the same time, dude. It's like flour everywhere, man. Like the whole side of the boat was like coated with like coke because they're wasted. They didn't like, you know, they like cut one corner off and like it just they shook it out. Like they don't they don't know how to dump drugs. They just throw the whole bag. It's like floating away. And then like the captain's all pissed off. The owner's all pissed off. The next day, the captain, he's like, I quit. You guys can come with me or you can stay. You know, you know, I'm fond of you guys. You know, we're all cool and stuff. And like, we've had a great run, uh, but I quit. And then everybody else was like, I quit. I quit. Dude, yeah, I got your back. You know, we'll all go together. We'll get a new boat. And I was like, I can't go. Like, I need to finish what I started. You know, my mom's house, the, the roof had just busted. And I just started getting into good money. So I started, I gave her all the money that I had. You know, I gave her a couple grand, you know, to fix her roof. You know, I'm not going to leave my mom hanging. These owners, I knew they were going to be all drugged up. I knew they were going to bring way too many people. I was inviting like a disaster. You know what I mean? Like, so then this French captain comes on and he takes me to the side. He's like, you know, I'll raise your wage. I'll give you a bonus. I'll do all this stuff. I was just kind of seeing what they would, what they would give me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stay unless you give me a $5,000 bonus. And he's like, Ooh, that's pretty steep. And I was like, all right, man, find another chef. See how much the plane tickets cost. He's like 4,000. And I was like, um, I don't know, man. He's like, and I'll give you a raise. I decided to stay on. It was all in French. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. I'm going to practice my French. You know, we were all on walkie talkies in French. The first mate was from Peru. So we'd be speaking Spanish and he speaks French too. After uh, a little while, it was just, it became too much. And then the owners were assholes. I was like, I'm done. I don't ever want to work for rich idiots again. I'm going to move to Australia. I've just struggled enough. I, I have a little bit of money. I'm going to marry this girl that I let slip through my hands before. I'm not, not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go settle down. Yeah. Then I go to Australia. Then I go to China. That was pretty cool. I get to the airport. It was like super futuristic, but everybody was smoking cigarettes. And there was like people that were like fall over drunk in the airport. I was like, China fucking rips. Then I showed up to Melbourne, to Australia. So I met somebody off of like the Craigslist from Australia. It's called Gumtree. I was like, you know what? Let's uh, revitalize this restaurant. He's like, you know what? How about we become partners in the restaurant? And I was like, sounds good to me. So I ended up opening a restaurant with him. It was a uh, Louisiana Cajun Creole. I studied up on it. And like, I, I remember 
when I was with you over there, Lafayette, I learned how to like uh, about boudin and how to, you know, gumbo, how to eat gumbo. And like we were having all sorts of, you know, delicacies from over there, you know, we put that together and it blew up. And then um, I was pretty sad because, you know, I went all the way there for that girl. And I was depressed as fuck. So I was like, man, I, I can't I can't do this. I need like a hobby or something while I'm out here. And then uh, I met a, a friend and he's like, hey, man, like, if you want a motorcycle, like, I could probably help you set that up. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, like, why not? You know, like, I already kind of halfway look like a biker. I'm like an old punk rocker, you know, and like, we either look like fucking weird rockabillies or like awkward bikers anyways, you know? So when we go and we get a, a bike and it was like a little 250 motorcycle, I sent it to get fixed up, you know? I take my course and man, my course was fucked. The teacher of the course, he didn't like me from the beginning. He's like, who here has driven a, uh, a manual car before? And everybody raised their hand except for me. I didn't know how to change gears and stuff. He's like, oh, well, mate, if you don't want to fucking fly, if you're going to pass more fucking class, we'll go to fucking out. You can fucking do a fucking manual fucking change. Like, he's like a, a bad shop teacher mixed with like a, a bad father. Eventually, I passed it. I didn't think I was going to pass. About a week later, um, I go to... Uh, to work, I go to put my key in. My key doesn't work. They closed my restaurant. An artist that had all his um, artwork in there, he's like, man, they got screwed by the owner. I was like, what do you mean the owner? He's like, the owner of the building. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're gone. I was like, what do you mean they're gone? They owe me like thousands of dollars. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're gone. They, they, everybody got screwed. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And then I go home and I just see my bike there. By this time, I came there for like a girlfriend to get married, start a family. That didn't work. I go to open my own restaurant because I was sad because my relationship didn't work. And then that didn't work. Oh, I got kicked out of my house too. Somebody bought the apartment I was living at. So by this time I'm all fucked off. I'm like drinking all the time. I'm like miserable. I was like, what am I doing? Like, let's do something. So I just get on my motorcycle and I just point in the direction. I was going to go to Sydney, but I was like, well, all of Australia during that summer was all on fire. So I was like, everything is burnt all along that way. There's probably nothing pretty to see. And, you know, everyone's going to be cleaning up after all that shit. I was like, let's go the other way. Let's go to Adelaide. So I hopped on my bike, just started driving. I ended up doing, uh, I think it was 10 days on my motorcycle. I did a bunch of different towns. I just hugged the entire ocean road. It was beautiful. I remember I went to this place called the Kurong. Along there, there's a bunch of salt flats. And uh, I really wanted to see it because it just fucking, it looked beautiful. And there was nothing for like hours in either direction, just one little hotel. I get a six pack of beer and I just start walking along the beach. There's like some Italian guy that was going to see his, uh, his mom in the hospital. Didn't have much to do. So me and him just started drinking. So I was like, Hey, let's go ride my bike on a salt flat. He's like, fuck yeah. So we're just riding around there, playing around. And there's nobody out there. So worst thing you could do is drop it in the sand. So I wake up the next day with a fucking debilitating hangover. Cause we got carried away. So I'm like driving and I'm going pretty fast. I'm like turning kind of a blind corner. I see a fucking echidna, which is an Australian porcupine. Like just a big old bush with spikes all over it. And I remember somebody telling me, like, if you hit them, it's like hitting a rock. So I see it and I was like, fuck, I know I'm going to fall. And like, I know it's going to be bad. And I don't even know what to do. Instead of going forward, I lean back because I knew that if I go forward, that my legs are going to get messed up over the handlebars. So I lean back. I fall next to the echidna. My bike still caught me. And it like boomeranged out from under me, like four full rotations. It goes straight into a salt bog just a big old like beachy murky swamp that's like all desert and like bush filled and the accelerator gets stuck on i'm like 30 feet away from my motorcycle and i just hear my bike 
<laughs> I did like, a, like one last check. I was like, all right, hands feel okay. Nothing's hanging off of me. I, I don't, I mean, I had adrenaline going through me like crazy. So I go and I hit the kill switch on my bike. There was this other biker that he saw the whole thing. He was like, oh, so wrong. I found four, five, six, so you fucking sell, fucking sell, you fucking sell, you fucking did. And I was like, what's that? Like, I don't, I don't know. Can you help me get my bike out? He helps me get it up. So we both decided that the clutch was broken on it and we had to get it towed. I ended up just walking until I was in range of a cell phone tower and I called the tow truck, got the clutch reattached. Then uh, I made it all the way to Adelaide. And then when I was in Adelaide, I was like, oh, this is whatever. It's just another city. It just kind of felt like, like the city I was already in, but just smaller. It was okay. Did some walking around there. Then I decided to drive back and I went probably halfway back. I change gears and I just hear ka-chunk, ka-chunk, fa-thump-a-thump-a-thump-a-thump-a-thump-a-thump. I push it into um, this little town. I go to the mechanic shop. Like one of the pistons went completely through the fucking, um, the engine. It was totally blown. The bike was way too small to do the trip that I did. I don't know enough about engines to do that trip. Like I kind of bit off more than I can chew. So I'm just sitting on the side of the road and I was like, fuck. I'm in the middle of nowhere in this tiny sleepy town. I see a guy covered in paint. And uh, he looked like a construction worker. I was like, hey, man, you want to buy a motorcycle? And he's like, uh, I won't, but my friend's actually in this town. He'll probably check it out. He looks at it, gives it a push, gives it two taps with like a wrench on the motor. He's like, this thing's totally fucked. He's like, I'd probably give you 50 bucks. So I was like, sold. I was like, how much is a bus ticket? And he's like, about 40 bucks. And I was like, perfect. That's enough for a beer and a bus ticket. I go to like the gas station, which is also the bus station. I was like, when's the next bus to Melbourne? And they're like, oh, like. Let's see what day is today. It's Monday. It'll be here on Wednesday. I was like, all right, I'm just going to hitchhike. And they're like, you can't do that. And I was like, why? They're like, no one's going to get you. I was like, watch me. So I stand outside for like half an hour hitchhiking with this big, massive bag with a helmet hanging off of it, wearing like this gnarly, heavy, like leather jacket that's padded for motorcycle and like these shredded fucking bike pants, boots that are covered in salt from when I went to the salt bog. I looked like a Mexican smoker from Waterworld, you know? I looked kind of, I thought I looked kind of cool. But if you were, if you were just a conservative farmer that was driving home from his farm, you saw somebody, a fucking Mexican smoker from Waterworld. You're like, I'm not picking that dude up, dude. And the first guy that picked me up was this like older guy, probably in the 70s, kind of chubby. So he drops me off in the next town. And then I hitchhike out of the next town. And this like pretty cool farmer. He's like, oh, yeah, I got a farm bike. I love riding motorcycles. Like, you know, uh, what were you riding? He's cool. He's just like somebody's dad, like cool farmer guy. He ends up taking me all the way to this place called Horsham. And the next day, there was a, a bus out of Horsham to to uh, Ararat. And there was a train from there. So I took a fucking bus and a train. Got back to Melbourne. That was That was fun, man. You can't see stuff like that unless you're just on your own because there was nobody that was like i don't want to go or oh no that's that's kind of rough or yeah i mean i i burned through some money but like fuck it you know if you're not living you're just getting ready to die you know 